Good morning. Our scripture today is from 1 Chronicles 28, David's charge to Israel. David assembled at Jerusalem all the officials of Israel, the officials of the tribes, the officers of the divisions that served the king, the commanders of thousands, the commanders of hundreds, the stewards of all the property and livestock of the king and his sons, together with the palace officials, the mighty men, and all the seasoned warriors. Then King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brothers and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house of rest for the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God, and I made preparations for building. But God said to me, You may not build a house for my name, for you are a man of war and have shed blood. Yet the Lord God of Israel chose me from all my father's kings, all my father's house to be king over Israel forever. For he chose Judah as leader, and in the house of Judah, my father's house, and among my father's sons, he took pleasure in me to make me king over all Israel. And of all my sons, for the Lord has given me many sons, he has chosen Solomon, my son, to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. He said to me, it is Solomon, your son, who shall build my house and my courts. For I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. I will establish his kingdom forever if he continues strong in my keeping, my, in keeping my commandments and my rules as he is today. Now, therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the Lord, and in the hearing of our God, observe and seek out all the commandments of the Lord your God, that you may possess this good land and leave it for an inheritance to your children after you forever. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, good morning. This morning we're going to be talking about the topic of transition. And if there's one thing in life that's absolutely certain is that things will change. And so we can either handle that well or we can handle that poorly. And in this chapter of 28 or 1 Chronicles, we find a, a, a David at the end of his life uh, with the task of helping his son Solomon and the nation of Israel make the transition from his rule as king to Solomon's rule. Now, last summer, uh, my wife Trisha and I had the privilege of uh, touring in the White House. And uh, when, you, when you first enter the White House, you go down a long corridor, and in the corridor, there's uh, pictures of, uh, from former administrations. And they're not like formal portraits. They're sort of like... Uh, casual shots of family activities and so forth from years gone by and, and things that happened at the White House. And one of my favorite pictures was a picture of JFK. He's uh, in the Oval Office and he's uh, playing with uh, Caroline and John Jr. And I just thought there was a nice little touch there. You know, it's a very serious thing. He's, he's the President of the United States and yet he's there uh, having the kids, having a good time in the Oval Office. Well, as I, as I went down the corridor and I saw all these pictures and the different kinds of administrations we had had, uh, it reminded me that no matter how uh, tumultuous political campaigns are, and they are very competitive and acrimonious, and we've got one coming up pretty soon, in spite of all of that, when a new president is elected here in America, 
there is a smooth transition of power from one administration to another. And there's no bloodshed over it, at least most of the time. So that's a, it's a pretty remarkable accomplishment because in the ancient world, it wasn't like that. Uh, kings and kingdoms were established with violence and with warfare. And uh, even David himself uh, had his son Absalom rebel against him, declare himself king, and then he was tragically killed and David resumed his, his uh, rule as the king uh, in Israel. Uh, and so even David experienced that in his own life of rebellion in his own family. So the ancient world was a very uh, violent place and uh, that's how people came into power. And so at the end of his life, David uh, wanted to instruct Solomon on, on how he was going to build the temple and what his responsibilities would be and, and how things would be organized when, uh, when he was the king. Now, I don't know anybody who has faced a bigger challenge than David when it came to trying to uh, help others succeed in a transition. And we all experience transition in our life in, in multiple ways. A few things that I could think of would be, first of all, in the area of aging. You start out as an infant and then a child. Eventually, you become an adolescent. Your body changes. You get bigger, um, and, and your hormones are, are, are moving, and your, your life is changing. And then you go from there. You go into uh, high school and college. You may graduate, enter into some sort of a career. And eventually, after, you, after many years, then you get to the point where you, you qualify for Medicare. And then your calendar is filled up with great events like doctor's appointments. So life, life does change. Um, but we also face transitions in areas like our careers and uh, school. For example, this is the season for graduations. So anybody graduating this spring? Anybody that's in here? All right, there's a few. That's great, awesome, yeah, cool. So big change, transitions from high school to college, from college into some career and things like that. Well. There's a lot of changes that happen in our careers. Uh, if you, if you, when you start a career, you, a lot of times people work at it hard and they succeed. Uh, they may become a manager or a CEO or you, you supervise a lot of people. And <clears throat> when you're successful like that, you feel significant, you feel important, and you, you may be in charge of a lot of different people. And then you retire. And when you retire, then instead of supervising a whole group of people, you wind up supervising your dog. So, you know, that's, it's, it's really a change and it's difficult for people to, to make those changes. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had the privilege of, of being on a, a, a mission trip to France. And there I met a couple of uh, uh, some missionaries, career missionaries, David and Susan Griffith. And they went to France 40 years ago as church planters, and they planted a wonderful church in Macon. They spent the whole 40 years there. And uh, I actually was able to uh, participate in some worship services with them. But uh, after 40 years in, in Macon, they are now moving back to Ohio. And they said to them, France seems more like home than the United States. So that's gonna be a big transition for them. That's a career change. And that's just an example of the kind of things that happen in our lives. Transition and change 
is just part of, of, of getting older. But transitions also happen to organizations, businesses, and all kinds of nonprofits and churches. Uh, organizations go through changes. About 10 years ago, the elders of Grace Church recognized that there would be some staffing transitions that would be coming down the road. And so over, over the last decade, we've made uh, multiple changes in staff. In fact, pretty much our whole staff is turned over. And uh, we just recently um, are welcoming Josie Ramirez as our new uh, women's ministry director. So yeah, awesome. But it took a lot of planning, it took a lot of uh, hard work and prayer and for the grace of God, and we have come to pretty much the end of those transitions. And we have a skilled and enthusiastic young staff, and uh, they need your support. And uh, they're, they're a terrific group of people. I'm very happy to be, to be working with them. Well, transition is just part of life. Um, how we handle those challenges, how we handle the changes uh, will uh, determine uh, how successful we are in the future. And, and in this, this last message that David gave to the nation, uh, he explained to the nation and to Solomon what their responsibilities were and how they would be successful, what it would take to be successful as a nation. And we can apply that, these, these same principles in our own lives. One of the things that I appreciate about David is that when he faced this transition is that he communicated with everyone involved in, in the transition. He, he, he included all of the stakeholders in his instruction so that they would know what was really going on. If you look at verse one um, uh, in 1 Chronicles 28, it says, David assembled at Jerusalem all the officials of Israel, all of them. I think that little word all is very important. He wanted to make sure that anybody who had responsibility was included in the process of making this change. He didn't just invite the mighty men. He didn't just invent, uh, in, invite the seasoned warriors or the administrators or all of the people in high positions, even though these all had some authority. He included people like the, the, the stewards of the livestock. I think that's great. The guys who took care of the sheep and the cows and stuff. They were in charge of that. They were invited as well because everyone was important. Everyone needed to be on board. And whenever we embark on a new stage of life, it doesn't just change us personally. It changes relationships all around us. It changes everyone's life that touches our life. And so we have to make sure that we, we uh, communicate effectively with everybody that's involved in the transitions in our lives. That might be health issues, if you have health issues, if you're older. Uh, you want to make sure your family understands what's going on in your life. Um, it could be in the area of finances. Um, and uh, I, I, I was reading a few days ago uh, a really amazing statistic. Um, they said that um, in the next 20 years, somewhere between 30 and 60 trillion, with a T, trillion dollars, is gonna pass from seniors and boomers to the next generation. That, that should put a smile on some of you guys' faces, right? That's a lot of money. But how you do that is very important. Uh, 
So make sure that you have a will or a trust. And when you, if you have that, that you tell your heirs, your family, where it is and what's in it. What's going to happen? Communicate. Communication is very important. And don't put it off. Don't wait, think, well, you know, I can do it next month or the next month, because you may not have the next month. You don't really know what's going to happen. I, I really appreciate David's enthusiasm in the process of communicating the plan to the people. In verse 2, it says, David rose to his feet and said, hear me, my brothers and my people. Now, remember, David was quite elderly at this point, And as a king, he certainly could have just stay seated on his throne and made this great speech, right? I think it's significant that the text says he stood up, right? And he said, listen to me, my people. This is important. So don't put it off. Make sure that you, you, that you communicate with everybody infected by whatever transition you're going through. Um, the second thing I noticed about David that I think is very remarkable, especially for the guy with the power that he had, is that he accepted the fact that he was not going to build the temple. Um, look at verses 2 and 3. David said, I had it in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God. And I made preparations for building. But God said to me, you may not build a house for my name. You are a man of war and have shed blood. David had a great desire to build a temple to put the Ark of the Covenant in that because the Ark at this time had been, is in a tent, right? David's living in a palace and the Ark is, is stored in a tent. And so he said, that, that's not right. We should make a beautiful, incredible temple and we should put the Ark in there and all the other things and, uh, and worship God through that. But the fact is, he just wasn't uh, God said, you can't do that because you're a man of, of blood. And so David, I, I believe, and I'm kind of reading through the lines here a little bit, but I think David must have been very, very disappointed. I mean, think about it. He made incredibly detailed plans for the temple. He gathered vast amounts of, of materials so that it could be built. And then he donated out of his own personal wealth probably hundreds of millions of dollars worth of gold and silver and jewels and, you know, everything. I mean, he really, really wanted to build the temple. And God said, sorry, you can't do that. And so he accepted that. And he, and he moved on from that. And he made plans for his son to build the temple. And I, I've seen situations where, um, where leaders uh, want to hold on to their authority, their power, so that they can accomplish one more great thing to add to their legacy. They refuse to give up their authority. And in the, in the process, they are robbing younger leaders of the uh, opportunity to grow in their skills and knowledge so that when the time comes for transition, the new leadership will be able to assume their, their roles and be successful. And that happens in, in corporations, it happens in churches, and it, it really hurts the transition uh, of, of, to a new thing. And, and older adults sometimes will refuse to get the help that they need. Um, they, you know, we all want to stay independent as long as we can. And nobody wants to depend on their kids. But there comes a time in life when you actually 
reverse roles with your children. And you, you give up some of that authority. And, uh, you know, if you can't see anymore, please don't drive. You know, call an Uber or get a taxi. Is someone to take you to the market? Uh, I know people that just, they, they refuse to accept the fact that life has changed and they need to, to give up some of that authority. But David didn't do that. David said, you know, I'm going to accept this. It's not God's will for me to be at the temple, but I'm going to make sure that Solomon can do it, right? And so he, he did everything in his power to make Solomon successful. But you know, David knew that ultimate success was not going to be determined by plans and money and power, but really by their commitment to the Lord. And so what he did is in his exhortation, David challenged the nation and Solomon himself to, to serve God and to honor the Lord. Uh, look at verse 8. It says, Now therefore, as David speaking, Now therefore in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the Lord, and in the hearing of our God, observe and seek out all the commandments of the Lord your God, that you may possess this good land and leave it, for an inheritance for your children after you forever. So what he was saying was that if you want to be prosperous, if you want to be successful, it's not going to be determined by the size of our army, by how much wealth we have, but it's going to be determined by whether or not you're willing to be obedient to God's commands. That's really the challenge. You want to pass your uh, inheritance, the land, on to your children? Be obedient to the Lord. And he also challenged Solomon to serve God with his whole heart. Verse 9 says, And you, Solomon, I can just imagine this, he's turning to his Solomon and speaking to him. He said, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father. Okay, know God. Not know about him, but know him. Know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he'll be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Be careful now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. You know, the best gift I think that we can give to the next generation is really an example of faithfulness to God. And David, even though David was not perfect, just as we are not perfect, and he sinned and he made mistakes, one thing that David did was that he remained faithful to God his whole life in terms of worship. He never worshiped any other gods. He had a heart for the Lord. And he warned Solomon, if you, if you, if you don't stay faithful to God, you'll lose the kingdom. Okay? And unfortunately, Solomon did not heed David's instruction. And he worshiped other gods with the other wives that he married, and ultimately, the kingdom was divided, and then they went into captivity. And that all began because they were not faithful to God. So how we live our lives, the example that we set, is not just, it's not just for us, not just for the people around, but it's for generations to come. It's incredible to think the things that we decide today, the things, the decisions we make, the, the actions that we take, the commitments that we make, they can affect generations far beyond your imagination, 
four, five, six generations, the things we do today. That makes those things important. And David warned Solomon that he needed to be faithful to God or he would lose the, uh, the kingdom. It says he'll cast you off forever. Pretty, pretty harsh uh, warning. Well, David wanted Solomon to be successful. He wanted the temple to be built and he knew how to do, get it done. And what he needed to do was he, he gave Solomon all the information that was needed to build the temple. Really incredible detail. Uh, look at verse 11. It says, David gave Solomon his son the plan of the vestibule of the temple and of its houses, its treasuries, its upper rooms, and its inner chambers, and of the room for the mercy seat, and the plan of all that he had in mind for the courts of the house of the Lord all the surrounding chambers, the treasuries of the house of God, the treasury for the dedicated gifts, for the divisions of the priests and the Levites and all the work of the service in the house of the Lord and all the vessels in the service of the house of the Lord. And then he gave him instruction about how much gold they were supposed to use to make certain utensils and how much other stuff they were supposed to use, bronze and silver, to make other things for the temple. I mean, it's extraordinarily detailed. And I, I think it's important to, to note that when there's a lot of information, there's a, when there's a good plan, there's more likely to succeed. You're not going to carry out any kind of difficult project unless you have a good plan. Now, <clears throat> last year when we went back east, we, we also went to New York and we took a tour of the Empire State Building. And that was, that was really cool. We, we went up, to, I'm not sure what floor it was, like 70-something, but anyway, we got, we got up to the uh, near the top and got off the elevator, and we were greeted by King Kong, which is awesome. And we had a photo op with him, some guy in a big, you know, gorilla suit. It was pretty cool. But uh, the display that they had there, uh, they had a gallery of the plans that had been made for building of the Empire State Building. And they had blown up photocopies of um, material list, a very detailed list, exactly how many beams of this and concrete. And I mean, it was incredible, the detail that they had. But because they were able to do that, because they planned so well, they built the, the Empire State Building in nine months from start to finish. Nine months. And if you, have, if you ever remodeled your house or built anything, <laughs> you realize that it takes nine months just to get a permit from the city let alone build the thing, nine months. But they would not have been able to do it if it wasn't for those incredibly detailed plans that went into that. And David, man, he made incredible plans for building the temple. Uh, and so, you know, on a personal level, planning is very important in transitions. Uh, planning is important when you enter into the next phase of your life. Um, if you think you might have kids, in the future, or grandkids, why not take a class, a parenting class, or read some books on the subject to prepare yourself for that time that's coming? Um, are you ready to retire? Question is, do you have a plan for that? Have you made financial plans? Have you figured out, you know, have you made a will or, and a trust? Uh, believe me, if you don't take care of those financial issues, uh, the state of California has a plan for you. <laughs> and your family may not appreciate that plan because it's going gonna, gonna to be to the government's advantage and not to yours. 
So make sure that you, you plan uh, for transition and, uh, and don't, don't put it off. Now, David also, not only did he, he make incredible plans for uh, building of the temple and, and the transition of power to, um, to Solomon, he also encouraged Solomon because he knew that this task was so big that it wasn't going to be just plans and materials and all that that's going to make it happen. It's going to take a lot of courage. It's going to take determination. So this is what David said to, um, to Solomon. David said to Solomon, be strong and courageous and do it. Okay? He knew it was going to take a lot of guts to get this done. Be courageous and do it. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord God, even my God, is with you. You're not alone, Solomon. God is going to help you. He'll be with you as you go through this process. He will not leave you or forsake you until all the work of the service of the house of the Lord is finished. And then he went on to say, not only is God with you, he's not going to abandon you. He's going to be right there with you. Not only is God with you, the people are going to help you. This is not just your task. It's the task of the whole nation. It says, and behold, verse 21, the divisions of the priests and the Levites for all the service of the house of God and with you in all the work will be every willing man who has skill for any kind of service. Also the officers and all the people will be holy at your command. Can't, he, Solomon could not do that himself. It took a team of people, a large team of people to do that. And he said, look, Solomon, you're not alone. God is with you. The people are with you. God will provide skilled workers and you will be able to complete that. This um, exhortation really sounds a lot like the, the exhortation, encouragement that Moses uh, shared with Joshua before he went into the promised land. You know, and actually there's a lot of parallels between Moses and Joshua and David and Solomon and the transition of power. You remember Solomon or David was, um, Moses was not permitted to go into the promised land. And so he had to transition the power over to Joshua. And so before they went in the land, this is what Moses said to Joshua. He summoned Joshua, this is Deuteronomy 31, 7 and 8. He summoned Joshua and said to him, in the sight of all Israel, this is important, this was a public statement, be strong and courageous. That sound familiar? For you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn, sworn to their fathers to give it to them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. A great exhortation. So what does that mean for us? It means that we need to encourage others in the, in the task of spreading the gospel, of, of living out their lives for Christ, of raising families, of, of, of having successful careers. We need to encourage each other because um, there's a lot of challenges that come in our life. And our uh, young leaders especially need encouragement. Like I said, we have, I think, 
probably the youngest staff that we've had in, in many decades. And they're skilled and they're enthusiastic, uh, but they need your encouragement. They need your support. Solomon didn't build that temple by himself. He built it with the help of a lot of people. And the staff here at Grace is not going to uh, make progress unless you're on board with them and you're encouraging them and you're helping them. And so um, I, I would just exhort you to encourage the leaders of our church and also encourage your children and your grandchildren. You know, they, they have a very challenging world that they're growing up in. Uh, new things are happening that have never been seen before in the history of mankind through technology. And who knows what their lives, what challenges are going to have in their lives in, in the future. So we need to build a strong foundation of faith in our kids and our grandkids so that they can meet those challenges. But I don't know what kind of transition you're going through, but everybody's either in a transition or coming to a transition. And how you handle that is very important. And I, I, I like this example that David uh, gave us in, in how to handle that, encouraging people, making plans, communicating with others. It's so important that we do those things. What kind of a transition are you facing? Think about what David did. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for David, for the example he set for us of how to hand off power and authority and responsibility to another generation. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to have wisdom as we um, make plans in our own lives, uh, whatever stage of life we're in, and that we make wise decisions if we make transitions into the next phase of life. Thank you, Lord, for, for being with us, for guiding us, for not forsaking us, for always being there to help us. And Lord, we just thank you in your name. Amen.